This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. I'd like to share with you briefly on what I tied to secure future today. Secure the future today. Please open your Bible with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. I'd like to read from verse 20, 25 to 30. Second Kings chapter 6. I'd like to read from verse 25 to 30. Because of our time. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an harsh head was sold for four score pieces of silver. And the fourth part of a cup of dope's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the bound floor or out of the wine price? And the king said unto her, What ailed thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she had eat a son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, and he passed by upon the wall, and the people looked. And behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. I know many of us are familiar with this story. But God brought some issues out of this scripture that I feel like sharing with us this morning. It has been a burden on my heart as I look at our country and our nation, the way it's going. And I also see that in the church lies great destinies. There are people that carries so much on their on, upon their life and many life are expected to be bare on their shoulder but if they miss it they would jeopardize the destiny of many that hangs around them look at this story Bible says a woman came to the king and I guess why she came she was in great agony and pain she was coming and she met the king on the way and she said king help me and the king, I love the way the king responded. The king said, if God does not help you, who am I to help you? Excuse me. Our help is not in the hand of the president. If God does not help us in this country, if he does not help every family, you only cry to government, you only cry to people you think are help. Because God does not keep your help in their care, you will always lament and agonize. She ran to the king thinking that the king could solve the problem. But the problem is beyond the king. Many of us, we go in directions for help where God does not keep our help. I'd like you to know, I love David. David said, I will look up unto the heavens where I comment my help. Excuse me, let me tell your neighbor, your, your help only comes from God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I make that clear to you. Who will ever imagine 
that the preservation of a prophet like Elijah could be kept in the hand of a widow, poor widow. You know, in the days when there was famine in Israel, Elijah would have been looking at the palace, would have been looking in the direction of the rich people in that land. But God shocked him. When the brook dried, God said, go to Sarifat. Even when God said, go to Sarifat, he would have expected that God would direct him to the richest in Sarifat. But God sent him to the lowest person. He said, go to a widow. A widow for that matter. What does a widow have? She doesn't have a husband. And the husband doesn't leave any inheritance for her to live by. She also has a poor boy. Can you imagine? Somebody will say, in fact, somebody was saying sometimes ago, he said, the day the king, uh, so the day the prophet got to the woman and said, bring me. He said, prophet, you're a wicked man. Why do you come to this woman to suffer her? But God has eaten the provision of the king, of the prophet in her hand. Many of us will look in a wrong direction where God does not keep your help. I have seen people, elder brother, rich, wealthy, comfortable, seen his younger brother suffering and never move an inch. Why? Because God has not prompted him and given me a drive and a body for his brother. But when people who carries your help are rightly approached, you suddenly realize that they have no fulfillment, they have no satisfaction until they have helped you. I pray for somebody here this morning. Everyone who carry one measure of help or the other for you, they will locate you, not only locate you, until they deliver what belongs to you into you, they will never derive their satisfaction and their pleasure. God will send you in that direction. One other thing I want to say before I move out of that junction, is the fact that God said to Elijah, he said, I have commanded her. Everyone who must help you needs a command from God. Why? Because God actually kept something for you in their hand, but they need instruction and order from God before they can let it out. Remember that Jesus sent two of his disciples to go and unloose a, a cord that he has to write to Jerusalem. But he said, if they ask you, said, I need it. God is in need of it. Because some people will always stand to place a demand and query and question why. But because it's the Lord who has sent and his word has gone ahead, men will release their hand without struggle. Have you ever gone to anybody for help and they tell you, oh, sorry if you have come last week. And I, at some occasion, have you gone to some people also? And they said, how much do you need? Is this enough? Can, do you want more? The two only shows one, God does not keep your help in your care. The other, they have a command from God to help you. Now, let me quickly move on because of our time. The issue that I actually want to talk about today is the matter that this woman brought to the king. She shouted, and the king said, what is your problem? The woman said, this woman, I don't know whether you observe the word, this woman. To me, it looks as if she dragged that other woman along and said, somebody will resolve this matter between us today. She didn't say one woman. She said, this woman, it looks like the other woman also was very close. She said, this woman came to me and said, 
I should give my son for us to eat. And today, and that the following day, we will eat our own son. And I oblige. I consented. And we ate. Oh God. She said, and we boiled my son. And we ate. But the following day, because we suddenly got hungry again and we needed to survive. And we need to go onto the second child, only to discover that this other woman who brought the suggestion initially has actually kept her own son. Do you know that many of us have, are surrounded with neighbors, friends, colleagues like that? They bring proposal and suggestion to you in the time they see that you are hungry for something. And it looks as if it's an option. An alternative to relieve you of that pain, of that emo- a desperate need is for their selfish interest. Somebody says, let's use your car first. Why not their own car first? You see the attitude? Let's your home first, your house first. Let's sell your home first. Why can't it be theirs? <laughs> you know, students understand what I'm talking about. You are in school you go to school with your own toiletries, provisions, pocket monies. You have roommates who will not open their home things. Your home milk first. Your own soap first. Your own uh, pad first. When they have exhausted and you need to turn to them, they will start giving you excuses. Or you have people who are doing this isusu, these contributions. They said, let five of us be contributing for 500,000. But they will be the one to take first. Because they know that they will not finish their land. They are deceitful. Hmm? Be careful of such friends. Be careful of such who? Friends, neighbors, colleagues. Who will bring proposal? Check their proposal first. If they are the one to first of all enjoy from what they are presenting to you. Be very careful. But you know what, what really baffles me about the story is the fact that that woman was very gullible. Very, very gullible. Somebody came to you and said, let's eat your son. Can she think of something else? For me, I would have expected that, okay, let's go and be slaves. How's help to rich men in the land and get food to eat? Why should they go for the option of their children? That shouldn't be at all. And apart from that, somebody comes to you and says, let's eat your son first. And you just chop into that without having to think very well. And Psalm 1 verse 1 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the friend that came and brought that counsel was ungodly. And she jumped into it. She can't be blessed. So when people bring counsel, check it. What is it all about? Selfish interest? Do you know that the lady already planned before she brought the proposal that she would never release her own son? It was already in her. She only wanted to play on the intelligence of the one, the other lady, and she discovered that she was a fool. You know, there are things people do to you that by the time you play along, they only make you look foolish to yourself. 
Because at that particular time she was running to the king, she only discovered Kai. So this woman is wiser than me. She asked me to release my son, and I just did like that. Did she put something in her mouth? Eh? And I just obliged like that without even thinking. Oh my God. If it is money they spent, they can labor for money and recover money. But they hurt a whole child. You can't get it back. Do you remember what Naomi said to Ruth? She said, even if I marry another man today and the man sleep with me, how long will it take me to carry the baby in the womb, give birth, and he will mature to be your husband? I won't dwell much on that because of my time. Let me just draw two more. We'll go to prayer. I said again, why some? For me, what they hate was that woman's future. Every woman, every parent, children is the future of every parent. Mama, I hope I'm talking. Sometimes when you come to a level in life, and you discover that your dream were not actually what you wanted it to be. You comfort yourself and say, well, even if I didn't get there, my children will get there. Is that not? And sometimes when you have Charlie, the Bible says, as arrow is in the quiver, so also are children in the hand of a mighty man. You look at future and say, no, I know my future is bright because of these children. And how can somebody to me, she seems not to value what God has given to her. She has no respect to that beautiful, glorious future of the and she ate it just like that. I'd like us to please be careful at every moment of our hunger. Anytime you are hungry, hungry for love, hungry for relationship, hungry for success, hungry for money, hungry for relevance, hungry for anything. Be careful because the devil is by the door to give you a proposal of something that looks good at the immediate but pain for the rest of life. We had a report, was it last year, about a doctor in Abuja here who removed a child that is not mature for delivery out of the womb, treated a particular case, returned the child to the womb. I'd like you to imagine if the child they had that doctor. If the child they had carried the kind of glory Adeboye carried. How many people are blessed through the ministry of Pastor Adeboye today? I'd like you to imagine if a particular set of people now hit such a destiny. Have they not denied several millions of people a blessing? They don't care what that child will become. The glory carries. They just went ahead and eat. I'm praying today. As many whose destiny have been eaten, there shall be a vomit in the name of Jesus. Now, let me share this and bring application of that subject to you. Don't forget that the same experience is so hard. Esau carries a glorious destiny. 
by virtue of being the first son of the family, is to inherit the totality of the father. Not just physical inheritance, resources, asset, estate, whatever. He carries, he inherits the covenant that transfers from Abraham to Isaac. So when his brother asks him, give him your birthright for this food, don't forget he was also hungry. This woman in question was hungry. Esau was also hungry. That's why I said, in times of your hunger, please be careful. The enemy will place a demand around your hunger. Esau just give away his future carelessly for just a plate of food that will get digested within three hours. Now, it's because it lacks value. Can you compare the glory of becoming the fathers of all the nations to a plate of food? A few years, some years back, I think around 1991, I came from a polygamous family. My stepmother traveled to U.S. She happens to be a nurse in Nigeria, traveled to U.S. and continued to run a nursing work. Along the line, she sent a form to my father that American government is doing a particular program once you are a twin. You can apply and you get visa automatically. And that time, green card wasn't a difficult thing. So he sent the form. Oh, she sent the form. And my father called me and says, Fola, he said, Meanwhile, my stepmother's firstborn happens to be my immediate younger brother from my father's side. We were both born in November, carried the same surname. And we look like our father. So all those things invariably makes it easy for us to be considered. So when he threw the proposal to me, God said, son, don't sell your future. He said, if you agree just on the ground of traveling to U.S., you agree that you are true with your brother. He said, you lose your right of headship over him. He said, in future, when a demand and placement will be made, you are no longer his brother, either brother, you are equal. I understood that. That the hunger to travel abroad is placing a demand on me. And if I sell my future, I have lost it. So I resist. I said, sorry. We fought in the family. It took many, but to the glory of God, I still retain what God has given me. I know a particular couple. The wife is late now. The husband wants his wife to travel to U.S. by all means. And the elder sister of his wife has been making it tremendously in U.S. The wife said, leave me alone. When God opened the door, I will go, but it shouldn't be by fire, by force. Do you know the other, what the other sister did in U.S.? She had a contract, an agreement with her own husband in U.S. that they should divorce. She paid her husband $10,000 and said, let's divorce. Go to Nigeria, marry my sister and bring her here. 
And the husband of this lady I'm talking about in Nigeria consented. Thank God the lady did not agree. Do you know it was the same Abraham did? When they were, it's also about farming in the time of hunger. They both went on a journey and Abraham said, this land, I'm not sure these people are righteous. Tell them you are my sister, not my wife. Let's imagine, I didn't think God did not intervene. That man could have succeeded to marry Sarah for life. Meanwhile, God said, she shall not be Sarah, but Sarah. For with her, with the covenant of this plenty, be made. Now, the lady who carried the covenant that matches Abraham's covenant is now sold out because Abraham needed to save his life. Let me conclude with this. Do you know that today we have parents who actually are doing some terrible things. They never want their children to be greater than them. In fact, I have two very close to me. What they did was they are averagely okay financially, but they have the fear of their children surpassing them in glory, in greatness, and in riches. You know what they did? They did something that the children will always come for them, come to them for help. Not that alone. When they are sick, they use the life and the destiny of their children to redeem their own life. What are they doing? They are eating their future. I don't know whether you understand me. Those children have glorious destiny and future. They carry great things to become. But they say, no, no, no. I don't want these children to surpass me. So all that the children will become in affluence, they take it. So when they say, ah, that mama is, is she's rich. She's using the destiny of their children to become more greater. That is what it is to eat someone's children. I preached this same psalm somewhere, I think at our headquarters in Ibutimeta. And I told them, I said, if you are 40 years old and you are still going to your parents for money, I said, they have eaten your future. They have eaten. If a child at the time is supposed to be given his father, his mother money, buying car for them, doing them, he's still the one looking for help from them. Something is wrong somewhere. If at 40, you are still struggling, you are still living under your parents' roof, go and check your destiny. The one that shocks us most that I like to say today, as I conclude, everyone who has come in their early days to rule, and they are coming the second time, they are eating the future of the youth. It is an error. It's coming to eat the time of some people supposed to come to limelight and come to red carpet to manifest. When this woman came to the king, and the king said, I can't help you. And the Bible said the king had all those information. The Bible said the king rent his clothes. But you know that when the king left that place of meeting between him and that woman, he went straight. If you read that story down, he went straight to the house of Elisha. 
and said, Elisha, your head will be removed from your neck today. You are a prophet of God in this land and women are already eating their children under my jurisdiction. What is your essence of prophecy? And the man said, by this time tomorrow. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Elijah said, by this time tomorrow. Meaning that if those women have waited, patience is crucial. Endurance is important. If they have waited a little more, now, at the time she was reporting the matter to the king, and the king went straight to the house of Elisha. Elisha said, by this time tomorrow. So let's assume that they ate that woman's son on Friday. The woman came to the other woman on Saturday and said, where's your son? And he's eating. And on Sunday, the situation has gone pleasant in the land. Many of us, impatient, have made us to lose something treasurable. Please, help me tell your neighbor a little patient more. You will land in surplus. Can we just raise up our voice and say, Father, I refuse to hit my future. And anyone who has hit in my future, as the fish vomited Jonah, let them vomit my destiny. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Every power, every political power, that is eating the future of the youth. Let that power release the time and the chance and the slots of the young ones. It is enough. Is it enough? Is enough? Is enough? I'd like you to pray. My future will not be jeopardized. I will not hit my future. And anyone who has eaten my future, oh God, let them vomit it. Let them vomit it. Let them vomit it. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.